I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 296 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have got an incredible guest to bring you guys today. He is the son of the president of the United States of America. He's the executive vice president of the Trump Organization. Eric Trump joins me on the podcast today. I have worked extremely hard to make this interview possible. Eric has had two children since his father has taken office, which is so cool. I can only imagine just how busy his life is. So I am honored that he found the time to chat with me here today about fatherhood. Eric Trump will be here in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And as with everything that the Trumps do, I'm sure this interview will attract some attention. So I'd like to take a second here just to reiterate the vision of First Class Fatherhood for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, and that is to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. The fatherless crisis, in my opinion, is the biggest problem that we have in this country, second maybe only to the fact that God has been removed from so much of our society. Far too many young men in this country feel as though fatherhood and family life is something to avoid and not something to embrace. So what I have done is interviewed some of the most highest achievers on the planet, such as Tom Brady, Tony Hawk, Dana White, Deion Sanders, and so many others, and they all agree that despite all of their amazing accomplishments, it has really only been through the experience of fatherhood that has given them the greatest sense of fulfillment in their life, and it is a far better testimony to what fatherhood is really all about. I have also had the honor of interviewing so many of our nation's heroes, including more than 40 Navy SEALs. So if you're into the Frogmen, there is a treasure trove of interviews that I have done with the Navy SEALs. I've also had the honor of speaking with three Medal of Honor recipients, and even Mike Durant, who was shot down and captured in the Black Hawk Down Battle of Mogadishu. Uh, So I would like to invite you to just scroll through the archives of the show here and take a listen to so many of the amazing men who have shared their fatherhood journeys with me on the podcast. As far as myself, I am a 39-year-old father of four children who has been married for 15 years to a beautiful woman, and I was recently interviewed myself on the American Snippets podcast by Barbara Allen, where I go pretty deep into my own story, so if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about myself, I would suggest you tap the link in the description of today's podcast episode and check out my interview on the American Snippets podcast. All right, and please help me spread the word about this podcast to any father that's in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Eric Trump. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if you're looking for a great night's sleep, you have got to get a MyPillow. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. There's a reason why my pillows are flying off the shelf, and that's because it is a first-class product that's made right here in the United States of America. And the comfort doesn't stop with just the MyPillow. Check out MyPillow.com, and you'll see a whole wide variety of comfortable products, such as towel sets, Giza Dream Sheets, mattress toppers, MyPillow bathrobes, pajama sets, and so much more. You guys have heard my interview with First Class Father and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell right here on the podcast. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save up to 66% off their orders. That's right, up to 66% off on MyPillow.com by using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Or simply call 1-800-875-0219 and your savings will be instantly applied. 
Don't go another night without a MyPillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD or call 1-800-875-0219 and save up to 66% off your order on MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, Eric Trump. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have uh, I have two kids. Uh, we have a little boy named Luke, and he's uh, just over two years old. And we have a brand-new daughter, um, Carolina, who is um, about four months. And they're the loves of my life, and they are uh, they're incredible. And uh, my son is obsessed with, with cars, meaning the well, – both cars in terms of physical cars and also cars, uh, you know, the movie and um, little Carolina. She's um, she's being a baby right now, but she's uh, she's just the greatest. Yeah, very cool. You got one and one. Are you going to try to break the tie here with a third? Or are you all done? No, I think we're probably done. Uh, <laughs> I think if you could if you could convince my wife to have another one, I certainly would. But uh, no, it's uh, we're we're blessed. We've got uh, we've got two great kids, uh, great boy, great girl, and, and I think uh, I think that's it for us. You know, Don has my brother. Don has has five. Ivanka has three. We have two, and so there's uh, there's plenty of kids in the Trump family. Yeah, I have four myself. We had three boys, then we got the girl on the fourth try. If we didn't get her on four, we'd have five by now. Exactly, exactly. Girls are uh, incredibly special. I love her. Uh, Eric, if you could, do me a favor here and just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, well, listen, my background is, um, you know, commercial real estate. That's what we do. We build hotels, golf courses, uh, residential buildings, uh, commercial buildings. Uh, we manage a lot of them. We build them all over the world. We've got um, unbelievable courses. We have 19 courses around the globe um, spanning from um, the Pacific Ocean in, in L.A., meaning on the Pacific Ocean in L.A., to to Charlotte, a lot of courses down in Florida, um, you know, Drow's, one of the very famous ones, to Scotland. We have Trump Turnberry and Aberdeen and Dunebeg and um, – you know, I could go on and on. We have uh, two courses in Dubai right now and two being built in Indonesia. So we spend a lot of time in that world. And um, obviously commercial buildings are something that's you know, very big for us, uh, office buildings, retail, um, and then, you know, a lot of residential and wineries and um, a whole of, a lot of other things. And then uh, more recently, uh, politics, which is, you know, always plays an interesting role in, in everybody's life and, um, you know, from kind of family perspectives and um and so we certainly live a uh, a crazy, eventful life, but we're uh, we're good people. We fight for things that we believe in. We, you know, um, our family um, is everything to us. I think there's probably not many families that um, kind of epitomize family more than uh, we do in the way that we we fight together, we stick together. Um, and I hope uh, I hope a lot of the nation has seen that. And um, you know, we love each other. We spend all our free time together. Um, we're all best friends, and um, it's a very big part of our um, respective lives. Yeah, very well said. And, and you've had obviously some incredible experiences here. You know, your father being uh, you know in the inauguration there, the 45th president of the United States. But how did the and shortly after that you became a dad? So how did the experience of becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I think it changed your perspective in a big way. Um, you know, that inauguration was amazing. And, you know, in fact, um, yesterday it was, uh, it was exactly three years to date of that inauguration. I, I circled an amazing picture of my, you know, my father's hand on a Bible and, um, as he was taking the oath of office and it was, you know, his kids around him. Um, you know, and that was kind of a very special moment for us as a family, you know, as myself, um, Don Ivanka, you know, Tiffany, Barron, and, um, you know, and, and obviously Melania, we were all surrounded him and we, we did that as a family. And, and, you know, you'll probably know that we fought together as a family throughout the whole campaign and, uh, we've always worked together as a family. And, you know, um, obviously little Lou came into our lives, um, 
right then. In fact, interesting story that I think is relevant for you know for this subject, but. It was actually inauguration night. Um, right after we, you know, got off that stage, that I told, you know, the entire family that that Laura was pregnant with little Luke. It was very early on, so we didn't announce it to the public. But so that was actually a really special day for us in in multiple ways. Not only was was he sworn in, but we also told the whole family that you know we were expecting our first child, and um, so it was you know it was pretty amazing. And so you know, fast forward, you know, you you know Laura gave birth, obviously, and you know it's a little person comes into your life and as fathers and mothers you have no idea what you're doing i mean literally we had zero idea what the hell we, what we were we were doing and figure it out very quickly but you know it puts everything else in in, in real perspective um for you uh, you know so many of the, the trivial things that you worry about every single day don't really matter because every every night you show up and you get home and you know you see something that you created which is just incredible and you know i always i always tell people who aren't parents it's it's amazing that you can have a child, and the you know the minute you see that child for the first time, there isn't a single thing that you wouldn't do for that child. And uh, you know, if if um, you know if it was choice between that child and you, it it, it would be the easiest choice you made um, all day. Um, you know, you would do anything for that child. And there's really something special about kind of you know the you know um, you know biological and you know religious and you know I mean so many different aspects play into it, but. Um, you know the formation of that of of that being, and um, you know it's it's uh, you know it's a pretty amazing thing. And then to introduce a little girl into our lives was obviously incredibly special. And you know the one thing I take very very seriously is I I try and wake them up every single morning. Now obviously I travel a lot, um, but I try and wake them up um, every single morning that I am around. I get them out of bed, um, change the diapers, and um, every single night that I am home, I put them to bed and. Um, put them in their crib and say goodnight and give them both kisses and you know I, I really really take that seriously and you know I try and read to them every single night again that I'm home and you know for the amount that we do travel um, FaceTime I think is is one of the great things that's happened to to working parents because you know I'll FaceTime my kids a couple times a day and it's um it's a great way to stay connected you know and um, so uh, you know they're a big part of my life as as they are with all um, parents and. Um, I really um, love them to death. Yeah, very cool, Eric. And one of the things I speak about often on my podcast here, I call it an attack on the family life, but there is there is a fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country here. Far too many kids are growing up without a dad in the home, and it's having some devastating results in our society. Um, are you seeing this, and, and how can we as a nation focus on strengthening our family units? Yeah, listen, I, I, we, we see it all over the place. I think the nation sees it. Um, I, I think there's, you know, a, a lack of, I think there's a lack of fathers. I think there's a lack of families. I think there's a lack of, quite frankly, discipline, um, you know. And, um, you know, I think I think the hardest thing that I'm going to struggle with, and obviously I'm, I'm new into this game only having been a father for a couple of years, but, you know, what what is that fine balance between being kind of, you know, a father versus kind of being a friend um, and a mentor? And, and I think those two have to work in conjunction. Um, you know, you don't always want to be that friend because you need to be able to discipline. Um, at the same time, you want your kid to love you to death and and you know and and respect you and want to be with you and want to be around you and um, you know. And so I think it's I think it's fine balance, but um, you know it's one that that I you know care to achieve. I also really you know I see so many kids these days, um, and it was the exact opposite of how we were raised, and that's probably shocking based on the amount of stereotypes that there are about you know us and because of who we are and perceived wealth and, and everything else. But, you know, I really believe in, in making kids work. It's one of the things that my father did for us. I mean, when we were 11, 12 years old, um, all summer, we were working on construction sites. We were, you know, cutting rebar with acetylene torches. We were doing electrical work. We were doing, 
Um, we were digging ditches. We were cutting down trees with chainsaws. We were we were doing you know in, just you know any job, and it's really you know really acted as foundation for who we are today, and you know kind of you know what I do every single day, which is build and develop um, and other things. I mean, there's no one that knows more about HVAC than I do. There's no one that you know if if, if I'm missing an outlet in my house, I'll literally go wire it up myself on on the way. And, and you. I have that ability from doing it every single summer because my father made us work. And you see a lot of other kids who just don't do that. They don't work. Um, you know, they don't have jobs. They, you know, mess around. They have a lot of free time. Oftentimes, I think free time leads to a lot of bad things. Um, I've got plenty of friends who had a lot of free time and, you know, they fell into, you know, bad substance abuse and bad drug habits and, and, and other things. I mean, when you take type A children um, at a young age and you give them a lot of free time, not not too many positive things can, can come out of that. So my father was always a big believer, nope, you're going to work, and you're going to work for minimum wage, and you're going to understand the value of a dollar, um, and you're going to learn a trade. Um, and it's been honestly probably the most um, single-handedly, probably the most rewarding thing that's happened to me in my life is, is conditioning us from a young age um, teaching us the value of that dollar, um, showing us true work ethic, um, and teaching us a skill that we, quite frankly, otherwise wouldn't have known um, had we not gotten forced into it. Yeah, very well said, Eric. And, I, and you mentioned discipline there. Um, I know they're young yet, but what type of disciplinarian are you so far as a dad? Are you a spanker, a timeout guy? How do you handle discipline, and who's the bigger disciplinarian? You know what? I just had my first little episode with this uh, a, a couple weeks ago. My, my son, he woke up. He was in a bad mood, and he had his first, like, true – meltdown. I think every parent's probably been there and I held him in my lap and I go, listen, you're not, you're not winning this one. We had, we had a stare off honestly for 40 minutes. I would have stayed there all day because there's no way, there's no way he was going to beat me at this game. And I, I literally, and, um, you know, finally he quieted down, you know, he stopped his little meltdown. And as soon as he did, we were, you know, off to the races and, but I was not putting up with the behavior. And, you know, it's funny. My mom came from communist Czechoslovakia and she was very much a stinker. She was the you know, very old school um, disciplinarian. And, you know, I, obviously times have changed and the world has changed and, and that doesn't work today. But I have to say, um, you know, um, we all loved our mom, but we also very much respected our mom. And we would get the hand across the butt if we, if you know, if if we were bad. And, you know, I, I mean, she certainly had the fear of, of, of God in us. You know, you did not cross her. You said, please, you said, thank you. You opened the doors. Um, you know, you had great manners. You always introduced yourself by your first name. And she really, she drove that into us. And, um, you know, we ate everything that was on, on the plate. You weren't going to waste food. You know, she was always very big into that. And, um, you know, there's something to be said about that as well. And obviously times have changed. But, um, you know, so I, I think I was raised by more of the spanking. Now it's, you know, um, I don't think I'm going to raise my kids clearly by that. But I think it's... Um, you know, I, I certainly will be firm with them, and I will expect a high standard for them, and I will expect them to have great manners um, and be productive people um, and do well in school. And, um, you know, and if they do that, I think they're going to have a very happy father. Yeah, very cool. And, and I know that you're a big outdoorsman, a hunter, and fisherman. We just had the two-way uh, rally here yesterday in, in, down in Virginia. Uh, when do you think it would be a good age or a safe age to start teaching your kids how to shoot? Yeah, uh, listen, I think the earlier the better. Um, and, you know, and I say that, obviously, you have to do it responsibly, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, um, you know, the shooting sports played such a large role in my life. My my grandfather, my, uh, my mother's side, he was a big outdoorsman. Uh, he grew up 
um, fishing in, in the woods, and he got Don and I in the woods um, at a very young age. We'd go over to uh, what was then Czechoslovakia every, every summer for a couple months, and this was a very, very blue-collar um, area. And, you know, he'd give us pocket knife, and Don and I would go out and play in the woods, and, you know, we had a great time. And, uh, you know, we played with slingshots, and we played, we made bone arrows, and, you know, we um, shot pellet guns and, and everything else. And it gave us kind of a, a very unique appreciation for, um, for the outdoors and, um, you know, and, and quite frankly formed a bond between Don and I that is absolutely unbreakable. We're still, you know, best friends to this day and, you know, he's a big fisherman and, you know, we, we both are and, um, we are hunters and, you know, we, I do a lot in the shooting sports. I do a lot of, you know, competitive shooting and a bunch of other things, but, um, you know, I certainly would love my son to, to be into that. I think it teaches concentration. I think it teaches great discipline. I think it teaches responsibility and, and safety, um, certainly, I can tell you from my standpoint, you know, I mentioned kind of, you know, what I saw with so many you know, kids in New York with drugs and alcohol and, you know, falling into really bad habits and doing stupid things. And, you know, the outdoor sports, you know, if, you, if you're going to go fishing in the morning and you have to be up at five o'clock or if you're in the woods in the morning and you're up at five o'clock or whatever it may be, um, you know, they, they structure your life in a certain way that so many other people that I knew that didn't have that positive influence in their life um, didn't have. And, you know, many of those people went down a very, very bad path that's influenced them for the negative for a long time to come. I always had those those positive influences in my life, and I think they just contributed, you know, greatly. And so, you know, I think every kid probably reaches a, an age of, you know, quote-unquote readiness at a different time. But, uh, Luke will definitely be shooting BB guns and pellet guns and little bone arrows and, you know, slingshots, and he'll definitely be out in the woods. And I don't mind if he scratches himself once in a while, and I don't mind if he uh, bloodies his knee up. I think it's all part of, um, you know, growing up. And um, I might be a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to that, but um, it's certainly, um, you know, if he loves it and, um, and likes it, it will certainly be a part of his life and, quite frankly, Carolina's life as well. Yeah, very cool. And you mentioned there a lot about, you know, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict myself here. And, I, you know, it's been involved in my life since very early on. I watched my father die of alcoholism. And uh, it's something that I really admire about your dad, that he doesn't, you know, he learned his lesson from watching what it does to destroying people and that he chooses not to drink. And I love the fact that your family is so tight-knit. And I think a lot of us do see that now. I've only been on social media since I started this podcast, and it's so brutal on there. And I cannot think of anybody yeah. – that's been more viciously attacked other than your family. So how do you kind of handle all of the trolls and the haters, especially when they're insulting and threatening the people that you love? Why is First Class Fatherhood climbing to the top of the podcasting charts? Listen to what dads like UFC President Dana White, legendary New York City radio host Greg T, and Navy SEAL David Rutherford have to say about the podcast. What a cool podcast. This is one of the coolest ones I've ever did. And congrats, seriously, I mean it. What a cool podcast concept and... Uh, I, I love it. Good for you, man. Continued success. Dude, I love this podcast, man. Your questions are phenomenal, bro. Phenomenal. I am really happy. And I can tell you, honestly, I'm proud to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Alec. And, and God bless you and what you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, I think the uh, compiling this many fathers and this much great information is going to be uh, invaluable in so many ways. So I, I wish you all the best, brother. So let's go, dads. We are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Subscribe to First Class Fatherhood today. Uh, it's something that I really admire about your dad, that he doesn't, you know, he learned his lesson from watching what it does to destroying people and that he chooses not to drink. And I love the fact that your family is so tight-knit. And I think a lot of us do see that now. 
I've only been on social media since I started this podcast, and it's so brutal on there, and I cannot think of anybody that's been more viciously attacked other than your family. So how do you kind of handle all of the trolls and the haters, especially when they're insulting and threatening the people that you love? Well, you know, let me let me first go back to the part about my you know, my father. Um, you know, my father every morning, I, you know, before I'd, I'd leave for school, um, you know, he would always say, "Listen, kids, remember one thing: no drinking, no drugs, no smoking, uh, no tattoos. Um, you know, uh, and you you better get good grades." I mean, he said the test every single day: no drinking, no drugs, no smoking, and you better get great good grades. And um, so every every day I, I'd hear that. And now I was a five year old kid; I didn't know what drinking was, I didn't know what smoking was, I certainly didn't know what drugs were at that point. Um, you know, and, 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 and grades, I don't think you were getting grades. You were probably playing with shapes and animals and, you know, other trivial things at that age. But, I mean, he literally, even before we understood what that meant, he started beating in our heads. And, um, you know, I'm incredibly you know thankful he did. And, you know, it's really important. I think in terms of social media aspect, I mean, the world has gone crazy. You know, I'll have little Luke, who, again, is, you know, what, 27, 28 months right now, and he'll get attacked viciously by some grown man on on Twitter, I'll post a picture of him and I um, sitting at the pool or, you know, down on a dock fishing or, you know, walking through the woods or doing something. And, you know, some of the comments that, that come out. And listen, the reality is, you know, those people don't speak for the masses. Um, in, in fact, um, they are um, the minority in, in such a big way, um, you know. But you do have savages out there. And, and unfortunately, the world isn't always sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, especially if you sit in kind of our seat doing kind of what we're doing and, and fighting the way that we've had to have fought. And you will have growing, you know, growing men, growing women going after Baron Trump, who's a 14-year-old boy, or Tiffany Trump, who's in law school um, and savagely attacking them. You saw that during the Ukraine hearings. You saw, you know, a former ambassador go there and, you know, make fun of his name because his name is Baron. And, you know, just because his name is Baron doesn't mean he's royalty and is a Baron. And I mean, the, the, the kid goes to school and he goes to soccer and he goes to bed and he does that again. And I mean, you literally have savage grownups who will beat up on, on young, innocent, beautiful children um, because they think it will get them something because they think it will hurt us because they think it will hurt the family because we'll get to my father. I mean, they're they're sick. I mean, they're 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 sick, sick, sick people. And you know, now there's two sides of this, right? You know, the one side is it it should always be condemned. Um, unfortunately, the media very rarely ever does. Um, but there's another side to it, which is you know we've dealt with this a lot of our lives based on who we were and who we are. And you know, I think it's kind of toughened us up. And in a certain way, maybe, maybe that very abuse is actually what paved the way and got us ready to go on the journey that that we've been on in the last couple of years and, you know, toughened us up and has given us that kind of fortitude to, to fight the nonsense and, you know, fight the personal attacks. Um, but regardless of who you are, regardless of political affiliation, it's disgusting that somebody attacks a two-year-old boy or a four-month-old girl. I mean, some, some of the posts I could show you were just incredible or that during a Senate hearing, they're going after a 14-year-old kid who's, you know, in high, you know not even in high school. Um, I mean, it, it's it's it um, it, it does show a, a sickness to certain people that are out there. But again, they they truly do represent a a minority, um, and uh, and I think you know generally condemned by by virtually all. Yeah, I agree. It's very vicious. And, and one thing for me, Eric, and I'm not sure uh, you know if this is a blessing or a curse, but I do know that in-laws can create some drama in a relationship. My parents passed away before I met my wife. My wife's parents are divorced. Never been in the picture. So. Uh, it's never been an issue for us, but I do know it takes a village to raise a child. How has your relationship been with uh, Lara's family and the kids' grandparents on that side? 
Oh, it, 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 it's awesome. Uh, Laura's, Laura has an amazing family. Her her mom, dad, her brother, they're incredible, incredible people. Um, her dad is about as tough as it comes, played um, football at Purdue. He's a great football player and, you know, almost went off to the NFL and, you know, really a phenomenal athlete. And, you know, sometimes it's funny, you know, sometimes we'll be, you know, babying the, the kids around stairs and, you know, Luke's getting to the age where he can walk downstairs, you know, pretty comfortably. And, you know, I always walk in front of him, but, you know, at our house, our whole house is it's childproof. And then you go to, you know, you go to grandma and grandpa's house and obviously nothing's childproof and it's, eh, it's not going to hurt himself. And, you know, it's kind of funny. He's <laughs> my, my, my father-in-law is right, you know, and, um, you know, so sometimes the difference in, in age, kind of the difference in, you know, philosophy, having raised children before versus kind of our maiden voyage, not to mention probably the difference in, in time, meaning, you know, people who are raising kids in, you know, in the 80s versus, you know, in, you know, in, in 2020, um, you know, it's kind of fun to see, but they are phenomenal, phenomenal people. They are amazing um, grandparents. The kids absolutely love them. They want to run wild and, um you know, it's. Uh, I think they can certainly learn a lot from the. Uh, you know, from uh, from my father and mother-in-law. Yeah, very cool. And it's similar to me. My first son. You know, we gave him the same first name as me, but we switched up his middle name just like you did. Yours, Frederick. You went with Luke. How come you guys decided to switch the middle name? Yeah, so I went Eric. Eric. It was. It's really his. His official is his true name is Eric Luke Trump. Um, we we all call him Luke. Uh, Luke was Laura's grandfather's name, and. A uh, very you know special guy in her life, kind of um, you know symbolically, and and so um, we liked that that name. It was short. It was kind of strong. It was powerful. It was a little bit different, and um, it kind of gave him uh, you know gave him the option. Um, and I don't think Laura wanted to be running around the house yelling Eric, 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 having you know two people come running every single time. So I think <laughs> I think from a practical matter, it ended up it ended up working. And then Carolina was very important to you know to, to my wife. Obviously, she's from North Carolina. She wor- worked very very hard fought very, very hard to win that state in 2016 uh, for our family. I think, you know, we won it by one of the largest margins in, um, in, in, in recent history, um, you know, for, for a Republican. And, um, you know, she fought very hard, but she loves the state. That's where all her, you know, ties are. And that's really where she associates herself, you know, being from. She's, you know, I don't think she'd call herself a New Yorker. She'd call herself, you know, a person from North Carolina or the Carolinas. And, and so that was a, you know, that was an important name when we, uh, when we ultimately named our daughter. It's something that, um, you know, she really loved. Yeah, very cool. And uh, I know that your brother Don recently dropped a book, Trigger, that did very well. Are there any books in the making for you? Any projects you're working on? What can we expect to see from you in the future here? Well, listen, you'll you'll, you'll see me out there fighting like hell on the campaign trail. Um, you know, what we're doing for this country um, is, is something that's very, very important to me. Um, it's really become a very personal thing for me. And um, we've talked about some of the things that I think are, are going wrong and, quite frankly, so many of the things that my father, you know, ran on. Um, you know, my father's one guy who didn't need to take this job. He did it because he saw, you know, the direction of this country and, you know, just going in horrible ways. And, you know, we've hit on a bunch of the points. But, you know, look at our educational system in this country. It's rated 30th in the world. I mean, think about that. America has an educational system that's rated 30th in the world. But look at the family structure where, you know, how, how many kids didn't have – you know, fathers or, 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 or mothers, and that family system was deteriorating. Look at the, you know, taking of kind of religion out of out of schools and out of just about every aspect of our life. I mean, there was a full-out war on religion, and not just, you know, not just true organized religion, but also, you know, on, on customs and values that Americans hold true. You know, Christmas, you could, you know, in New York, if you, if you walked down the street, you said Merry Christmas to somebody, I mean, they would look at you, they'd give you a bad look, like, how dare you possibly say that to me? And, I mean, we were losing our cultures, we were losing our values, we were losing our, 
educational system. We are losing um, this country's ability to stay safe and protect ourselves. We, you know, our military was, was totally run down. Our economy wasn't doing well. Um, jobs were going overseas. It was providing it much harder for parents to really take care of children and live that American dream and take them to, to Disney World. I mean, people who hadn't seen wage increases in, in well over a decade. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, GDP growth was abysmal in this country. You know, you're at 0.8%, 0.9% GDP growth under under Obama. You had 10 plus percent unemployment during certain periods of time under, you know, under Obama. And look at it today. Wages are growing the fastest they've ever grown. Unemployment the lowest it's ever been. Female unemployment's you know the, the best it's ever ever been. Same with Hispanic and African American, and you know I could go on and on. Consumer confidence is through the charts. 401ks are are, are off the charts. I mean they've literally doubled in value. 401ks, the average 401k in the last three years. You know the amount of the amount of money that's been pumped into the system, but really the you know the amount of benefit toward the you know kind of lower middle classes in this country has been astronomical. Um, and what does that ultimately do? It creates a, a better family situation. It creates more opportunities for, you know, again, parents to take kids on vacation. It, it, it helps in terms of education. It helps in terms of child care. Ivanka's championed so many different child care programs and, you know, family benefit programs and tax incentives. And, and I, I mean, you, I could go on and on for hours, but this is a calling that is deeply, deeply personal to us. Uh, this country was going in the wrong direction. There's no question about it. And, and I think my father's really righted the ship at just about um, every aspect of that. You know, some things that are, aren't pleasant to talk about, um, and then other things that, you know, have been incredible. And I think the family structure um, is going to do better off because of that. And um, it's really one of the reasons I fight as hard as I do. Yeah, and I'm glad that your family is because really, Eric, I think a lot of us see it, and I really don't even understand what the argument is other than an emotional argument when it comes to your dad as a president because the results have been just astronomical of what he's done so far in a short period of time with so many people just against him slinging mud. So you can only imagine uh, if more people were just on board here how much further he could take us. So um, uh, I I wish you guys all the best of luck with the upcoming elections. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Eric, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, you're fairly new into the game here, so I'm curious to hear your answer. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Oh, wow. Well, you know, the first the first day we came home with little Luke, and, you know, Laura sent me to the, uh, you know, and we're actually pretty good planners, right? So I set up the old nursery, and I set up the little crib and everything. The one thing that we didn't have were newborn-sized diapers. So when I, you know, I ended up going to, to CVS or Dwayne Reed or one of these places, and I'm in the diaper section, and I'm just staring at all these diapers, and I have no idea what the hell the system <laughs> is, right? Where you know, now I know, obviously, it's one, two, three, four, five. But before one, there's an end diaper, right? And that's like the newborn diaper, right? So instead of just having newborns being ones, they're actually technically in ends. And I'm sitting there looking at the rack of diapers, just staring. I have no idea what is going on. I have no idea what to buy. Um, I, I listen, the advice is probably have fun with it. Um, all of us go into it not knowing anything about children, and we figure it out. And um, we can be remarkable influences in their lives and, you know, put your kid to bed and read him, you know, or her their favorite book at night and wake them up in the morning, be that first face they see and, you know, the last, you know, the last face they see before they go to bed, the first face they see when they wake up. And, you know, if you can't because you have a job and you travel, hey, I'm certainly guilty of that, um, probably more so than anybody. We'll be the parent that's, that's present and call them or FaceTime them and, 
you know, speak to them and, you know, and spend time with them and, and mentor them and, uh, you know, pray with them and do, do, you know, be, be a parent. I mean, I think the most joy I get is, you know, when I sit down at night with little Luke and, you know, his, one of his favorite books is, is the little blue truck and you read him a little blue truck and his eyes just, you know, totally light up. I mean, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling that, you know, I think only parents could understand. Uh, you know, I think if you would have told me I would have felt that way pre, you know, even two days pre that baby coming out, I would I would have never actually believed you. And so I think we can play an amazing contribution to our kids. Um, I think, quite frankly, in society, you know, fathers need to be playing more of a contribution to their to their children. Um, and, um you know they're they're a special gift, and we're uh, we're incredibly fortunate. And I think they give us, and they quite frankly have probably taught my kids have probably taught me more about myself than maybe I'll ever teach them about themselves. But um, it's an amazing thing, and um, you know I love fatherhood, and it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster, and it's been a lot of fun, and I'm still learning every single day. But it's uh, it's something I do take very seriously. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say, Eric Trump, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. It's been a pleasure. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Eric Trump for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Lock it in. i got a fresh Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood coming your way to cap off the week. Active duty Navy SEAL John McAskill will be joining me here on the podcast. He is getting ready for his retirement and life after the teams don't miss out on that one that's all i got for you guys today thank you for tuning in i'm alec lace you have been listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers Tall as a tree, I saw feeling so.